Jeremy Booth, what is your one big takeaway from this series in New York? Jason, the Astros 2017 and 2018 uh, infractions are not forgotten around baseball at all. Those, those, uh, those Yankee fans were unafraid to let them know how they felt. I know series in May don't matter, right? But I think this one mattered. And the fact that the Astros were able to get one win is very significant, especially when the big hit comes from Jose Altuve, knowing that in the playoffs, maybe the Astros have to go to Yankee Stadium again. Yeah, Jose Altuve is, is it's still his team. You know, he's still the face of the city. Uh, he's a bright spot for these guys with his with the way he carries himself and what he does in the field. He has to perform for them to win. It's definitely big for the club and big for Altuve himself to have produced the way he did today. Jeremy, what are you doing here on extra bases? What are you, what are, what are you doing? I hate extra stubble, and I was in the middle of uh, using this fine product, which I'm not going to say because we're on TV and they're not paying me for it. But it's a fine product, and it's uh, yeah, it's good. It takes care of business, and I, yeah, I'm uh, I'm done. I'm good. That's not branded with like New Balance or anything on yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's not. And and I, I I can't mention who it is because literally, you know, I get. Um, oh, I understand. Yeah, yeah, but it's a it's a good uh, it's a good product. It was a gift. It's uh, it, it's a lot of fun and really. You are looking fresh, man. Look yeah, at you. Little shined up, little shined up. You know, we're good. Hey, everybody, watch out, Independent League Baseball. We got a guy who's ready to go. I'm not coming back. Not me. No, I'm not coming back. <laughs> uh -uh. If you were to come back, say you were 10 years, well, 15 years younger, would you, would you go to the front, like a place like the American Association, or would you basically be Atlantic League or bust? Or would you go to Mexico and try to make some bucks? Are the rules the same in this time zone, time warp, time capsule as they are today or as they were back then? That's true. I know they have certain classifications for players based on experience and age. you got to take me out of my fantasy land, don't you? I'm not. Let's put it this way. In normal circumstances, I'm going Mexico or the Atlantic League at that point. Uh, in today's circumstances, I'm probably going anywhere but the Atlantic League. I, I don't want anything to do with the, the things they're experimenting with there, and, and I'm probably staying away. I disagree. I think you'd go Atlantic League, and here's why. The travel, man. It's so much better. So much better. So no, much I, better. Yeah, but I, I've been in situations where I've lost full days of my life on buses. I'm talking about 24 hours on a bus. Yeah, was, and that's my point. The Atlantic League teams are much closer together, yeah, especially now that Sugarland's out of the mix. Well, I mean, I was in that league twice. I'm pretty familiar with it. But when it comes to to what is best for the career, if I'm still playing, I want to just do what's best for the career. I'm probably going somewhere where they're not experimenting with the game like it's, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, a, a guinea pig or Miss Romper like, Room? Like it's yeah. Romper Room? I'm not doing it, so. Boy, some big news on Thursday. One of the greatest players of our time, our generation, has been designated for assignment. I look at Albert Pujols, and I can really – I mean, certainly now Mike Trout is in this category. But, I mean, for me, Frank Thomas, Albert Pujols, probably one, two, not necessarily in that order, but for me, like most dangerous hitters – 
all around hitters of our time, but that's just me. Yeah. I, you know, how do I say this? Cause all those guys are good. Pujols, you know, he's in that rarefied air of a few, few people, you know, there's some guys out there that, and, and it's funny, we talk about how much quote better hitters are today, right? They're better. Let, let me just run down a list for you here of guys that could allegedly hit once upon a time. Let's see where Pujols ranks. Um, King Griffey Jr., Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, love or hate, Alex Rodriguez could hit, David Ortiz. As hitters, Man I think I would put Frank Thomas, and I think I would put Albert Pujols ahead of those guys. One, Manny Ramirez, Barry Bonds. Um, you've, got, uh, you've got Thomas. You've got Pujols. You've got these guys that kind of transcended eras here. Um, and Albert Pujols is definitely one of those players. Uh, he's a class act and how he's done things. And, you know, look, this kind of came to a head, you know, look, he's, is, are his days behind him? Yes. This is last year. He already said he's done after this year. Uh, you know, and the angels paid him a ton of money. Well, and I know his wife hinted. I don't know. Has he really come out and said that? I believe you said it before spring training. So that's it. I'm done. It's my last year. And so to see him released because he was a little upset, he wasn't facing a guy he handled pretty well in Yarborough from Tampa Bay. Um, is disheartening, but it, you know, they made the decision to move on. He made the decision to move on. I got to believe he had something to say in all this. If you're not going to play me against this guy, what am I doing here? You know, something like that. Um, but you hate to see a guy who's a hall of famer released like that. Cause he is a hall of famer, uh, you know, trade, you know, moved on. Uh, I got a feeling the white Sox will sign him. We'll finish the year there with Tony La Russa. It's a natural fit for Daniel Gutierrez's favorite team. And, uh, you know, he, he'll finish his career with uh, and go to the Hall of, Hall of Fame as a Cardinal. Maybe he could even help Tony La Russa with some of the rules. He might be able to help Tony La Russa with some of the rules, except the rules are stupid. And so not anybody's going to be able to remember some of these rules. I mean, yeah, if you told me that I had to remember, you know, which guy carried the two, multiplied the cosine of the hypotenuse, who's going to run on second base in the 14th inning down by seven, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't get what they're doing. Let's just play baseball here. But we've decided that, I mean, now they're experimenting, you know, on this, we're talking about drop third strike. Let's make the drop third strike, not count. Like it's automatically a strikeout. When did we have to decide to make this game so easy? Isn't part of the greatness of it that it's tough to do? Isn't that part of it? Or are we calling that gatekeeping now? And I know that somebody is going to go ahead and hear this on Twitter and get fired up. And I love that because it's not gatekeeping, right? It's called earn your way earn your way through it. And there's many different ways to do it. You don't have to play. You can coach, you can scout, you can broadcast, you can analyze, you can write about it. There's a bunch of really good baseball people uh, that, that know the game that have nothing to do with actually having worn a major league uniform. That's got, that's got nothing to do with it. It's got everything to do with the fact that you have to earn your way into it and have respect. But now we want to go ahead and have bigger bases and shorten baselines and move the mound back. Like all this is stuff, stuff's going to help drop third strike. Doesn't count. Lobo arms. What, what are we doing? We turn this into a video game and cyborg planet. I don't, I don't know what's going on. So, you know, Tony La Russa, you know, you get a pass, man. You're, you're uh, with me on that. I know Gotera is fired up. He's not, he's who, what'd that tweet go? Whoever could have seen this coming. And you know me, Jason, I always, I'm there with a gift, like ready. I'm like this, got him. I'm going to get it. And I didn't, do I didn't do anything that time because I knew he felt this pain. He said he was, uh, he's upset about it, but congratulations, Daniel Gotera. You guys are going to sign out with Pujols and put, he's in a bat. Daniel's in a not so good place when it comes to the White Sox. 
the injuries and of course their manager and the decision he made decisions he made yeah his, his tweet with capital letters what right I mean, that, <laughs> he's funny. Hey, you know someone had mentioned and i i don't know exactly who um throughout perhaps the mariners would be interested in an albert pujols because of Evan White struggles and, you know, he can stay in the division, um, you know, a team, a younger team could, could benefit from a guy with his type of stature and, and perhaps leadership. Is there, is there a chance that we could see Pujols in Seattle? No, okay. no. no. And, and let me, let me say this about the Seattle Mariners while we're at it, or as I call it, the Devitt Moore fan club. We really need to be in a situation here with Seattle. Jerry Depoto has been there since, you know, fall of 2015. Let's give him 2016 as his first year. Can't count him being there in 15. So he's been there 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21. That's six years. Okay. 22, it's seven years. There's almost nobody left from the regime right before the group I was with got there. There's nobody left. And from the group that I was with, Kyle Seeger's it. Maybe a couple other players in the system. There really isn't anybody there. It is all Jerry Depoto's show at this point. If they're not winning at seven years, and I don't believe that five years is long enough. I don't. You have to shed what was there before you. You have to figure out who you're going to keep, how you're going to advance that. But I do believe seven years is enough time. If you don't have seven years and you're not winning and they're this bad in year six, um, it's it's May. Let's let it play out and continue. But then if they got to blow that place up. And I mean sky high. They got to go ahead and, and, and drop – whatever non-threatening or non-injuring um, bomb they can figuratively on that place, T-Mobile, Safeco, whatever it was. And, and John Stanton's going to have to go ahead and, and find a way to win games in Seattle because that city deserves a winner too. All right. And they got to go ahead and book. I'm t- Churchill's going to be mad at me. You know, I, I love Jay. He's going to be pissed. I love Jason. I love you. I do, but it's time to blow that place up. Kaboom. I'm debating whether to get you really fired up. Come on, give me some Devin Moore stuff. I'm sorry, what? No, no. Uh, one thing from JJ Cooper on Twitter, Baseball America, really talented guy. He writes, if this is it for Pujols, he will finish with a 298 batting average, 667 homers, 3,253 hits, more walks than strikeouts. It's a shame the batting average has dipped so much because I mean for that decade that Pujols was mashing what he was like a 330 340 320 guy so in some aspects I'm a I'm a bit bummed out that he's under 300 because it's still I know OPS and all that but 300 still a magic number for me uh, he's also the all-time leader in grounded into double plays 403 that doesn't bother me but here's also what I found on JJ Cooper's Twitter feed and I know all right um let's see let's see nitro meat glycerin here we go jeremy okay jj cooper tweets one day ago i get why it's happening but the amount of truly horrendous receiving i'm seeing in the minors the first two days of the season is eye opening (laughs) jj my man i missed it jj what are you doing my 
You know what? The, the, the check's in the mail, bud. I'm going to go ahead. Absolutely, you're right. We And there's this thing, like, we're, we had this this big one knee down and receiving and stealing strikes for, for extra base. We did all of this on Twitter um, constantly. It's a, it's a debate that we have internally here, and it's not – I say debate. I mean, we spend all our time smashing the one knee down stuff. It's not really much of a debate. We don't try to understand why people want to do it. Um, the receiving is terrible. The blocking is terrible. The throwing is terrible. And God love him, Jerry Weinstein, to put a clip out the other day of Mitch Garver on a fastball up, and Garver's in a softball stance, like, like this, the softball stance, and he gets a fastball up velocity, and he stands to throw and throws the guy out like that. And I'm like, it's a running start. Like, why are we cherry picking that pitch? What about the other ones you got to throw on? Um, it's terrible. It's awful. It's ugly. It's frustrating. It's embarrassing. It is sad. How many more adjectives can I throw out there? It's absolutely awful. And JJ Cooper did a fun. That's why I like them. I do. I like them. It's a great job. And I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to be facetious about it. It really is awful to watch. Um, the more and more people see it, 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 the more and more people are trying to turn away and are not, and still talking about it at the same time. Um, you know, baseball has this culture, Jason, baseball has this culture where when something goes on, we don't really talk much about it. We just kind of like, okay, the game's going to take care of itself. It'll police itself. We're going to be, we'll just be quiet. Don't speak out of turn. And then I showed up. Okay. And when I show up, it's basically like, nope, this isn't going to work. That's terrible. How do we fix it? And I'm sorry, because the people that I was around in my career, Terry Ryan, Darren Johnson, Ray Montgomery, Bobby Heck, Jack Zarenzik, right? All of those people, Chris Gwynn, all of those people had a voice and they didn't sit there and let the game be played like it was a waste of time. And, and these guys are playing it now like it, like they have no business being part of it. So good for JJ for pointing it out. Uh, you, you know, it, some of these people out there are trying to defend it using that one throw. Somebody even decided to pick, try to pick a fight with me who I never heard of who blocked. And she, it was a, a woman. She had blocked me on Twitter to pick, then pick the fight with me in a block situation. So I couldn't see it. Uh, a former, a friend of mine who's a former teammate for a brief moment saw it and said, Oh, you mean Jeremy Booth and tagged me. And I'm like, I can't even see it. Cause I don't know who this person is. And I'm blocked. Apparently that's how bad this stuff is. The people who are teaching it are so afraid of being called out about it that they block you on Twitter where they know you don't like it and then try to talk about it behind your back. That's the world we're living in. So you have to go that far to defend something. It's probably not good. What's that person who blocked you? What is her interest in all that? Or you don't, you, you can't tell because you can't see the tweet. First of all, I ne I've never heard of her. Um, I didn't have any interest in it in the first place. I only saw because I was blocked. I was like, well, who's this? So I went and looked, and what I could tell is that she was a, so a softball catching coach. So, you know, because that correlates, right? That makes sense. Like, you're, you're a softball catching coach, and, and – and That's how it's being – that's now how it's being taught in baseball. That's the way it goes. You understand that we now have rise balls in baseball, and you understand that uh, we now uh, – we, we're, we're playing the game – as if we're playing 60 foot bases and you understand that we're throwing the ball underhand and you understand what it's like to catch and throw, have to throw somebody out who, who is timing pitches, who's picking counts and running. You understand all that in a full speed game, right? On a baseball field, not a softball field, 
let me tell you something, okay? And I'm going to say this, and I want everybody to hear this um, because it's important. When I was in college, I, my girlfriend was a softball player, okay? She's all American softball player. She's very talented, okay? Jason, I have no shot at standing in there and hitting a softball. I, it's not even close, okay? They, they used to, you know, when I went to college, junior college, we were, we were champs and they were champs and it was kind of like we compete. No chance, none. If you're gonna tell me to get in there and hit that ball climbing underneath, it's, it would be embarrassment, okay? But the same token, throw me a ball from up here with angle, run and cut and dart and, and spin and I got, shot, I got a shot at it. So it's not the same game. We can't make it the same game and um, we're trying to make it the same game and then trying to justify why it's not working by cherry picking stats and sample sizes because it's survival. My hope is that at some point, common sense wins out with this stuff. And what JJ is writing doesn't have to be seen and we can just go back to playing baseball. I'll tell you something else. I know one person that doesn't do it in the Astros organization because I trained him. Scott Manea does not get caught up in that garbage. He is one, he's the best defender they have in the system, bar none right now, with the exception of Maldonado in the big league. So in the system, he's the best defender and he doesn't do any of that. He's got a shot, doesn't he? He's big leaguer. He is a big leaguer. It, it, probably a backup role, maybe an up-down guy, but he's in the Houston system at the right time because they're going to continue to fade out. Stubbs isn't the answer. Uh, I like Stubbs in college, really did, but he's a 4A guy. You know, he's not the answer. Papierski for sure isn't the answer. Um, and after that, you're short. He's the next guy, right? So if those two guys aren't the guys, it's really about uh, Scotty getting at bats and moving on up through the system to the next level uh, and playing well in AAA. Uh, he's one of those guys also that will play better the, as, as, the, as the competition gets better. He's just one of those type of guys. He'll focus, he'll adjust. And, and, and if I can give the Astros any advice in their player development, and oh boy, do they need some advice in their player development, it's leave that kid alone. Leave him alone. Stop trying to change his game. Don't mess with it. Stop talking about these metrics, translate these. Let the dude play, okay? And it'll help you win some games. Rant over. I always love when I hear about coaches, roving instructors, putting a stamp on somebody. I had a friend who had a very highly regarded pitching prospect in the Marlins organization. And this guy became basically all world eventually. I mean, that's how when he hit the big leagues, it was huge. And he had him in double A. And the first time he saw him, he goes, you just keep doing what you're doing because you know what? I'm just going to mess you up. <laughs> and guess what? There are not a lot of coaches that are willing to, to do that, right? Like, I'm not saying that he didn't offer some pointers here or there, or, you know, maybe some suggestions, but the basis of what this guy had to work with, like, he was just like, you just do yourself, just be yourself, do what you do. And sure enough, later that year, He's taking the big leagues by storm. You have to sometimes let players be players, and we're, we're getting to that cookie-cutter thing. A good example of that is that atrocious defense we saw today when Gliber – was that today, Gliber Torres? Yeah, I was just about to bring it up because I saw it here on your Twitter feed. What's that? Can we – I'll make my own GIF. Ready? Trash. That's, that's how bad that is. You have – you're shifting so bad that Gliber Torres – 
gets a second base, realizes nobody at third, runs at third base. Maldonado has to go up the line, right? Torres up. Nobody's at home now. Let me go ahead and score. It's giving a – why are you – what are you doing? So in a situation like that, basically pitchers should be covering home, right? I mean, I didn't see the whole defensive alignment. What I'll say is that covering third base to stop Torres – It is not the catcher's job to cover third base. You got to be at home plate. And if the catcher does rotate over, it would be the first baseman's job to come behind and cover home plate, not the pitcher. Right, because that would have been my next suggestion. Actually, would have been the first baseman. But yeah, pitchers need to stay as far away from that as possible. Yeah, uh, some of them will tell me they're athletes. Some of them uh, don't leave the dirt. Right. So I mean, they just need to get out of there. Focus on what they do at the first baseman, cover the plate. Uh, in that situation, but there's no reason to rotate over like that. If I'm Maldonado, giving up third base is less important than giving up home plate. The problem is when you're shifted like that, because that doesn't make any sense either in the, in, in the majority of situations. Well, let me say, let me take oh, this Oh, come on now. It makes sense the way we're trying to hit the ball. The way hitters are trying to do and try to yank everything, shifting makes sense right now. So but you can't overshift to the point where you're out of position defensively. That part doesn't make sense. You still have to be able to cover the other bases. Can't be giving up third base and home plate. I mean, that's the way we're playing baseball now. I mean, the, the numbers will tell you that where they had everybody positioned is where he hits the ball more often than not. And that's what he did. He basically hit into it. It was just a situation where we always talk about taking advantage of inefficiencies, I guess. Well, you know, I think Torres realized, listen, the way this is shifted, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to put pressure on them to do something that they normally don't have to do. And that's figure out where to play after the ball is, has been hit in that situation. And you've got a base. He basically put pressure on the defense, which is what speed can do. Yeah. I, I don't, I can't argue that from a shifting standpoint, the way these guys are swinging the bat. I, I misspoke when I said that, but you still can't be in a position where you're giving up third base and home plate. Can't give up runs. That was, I think, perhaps Maldi getting caught up in, oh, my God, there's no one on third, and maybe not realizing, right? Well, it, but it's not it's not a natural thing that these guys are doing. So, yeah, he's just, yeah. just going to go ahead and rotate over and do what the instincts say, and that's give me the ball so I can tag this guy out. But the first baseman, as soon as he sees Maldonado go, and he's rotate behind the plate or cover the plate, and that didn't happen either because, again, people don't know how to do this. It's not instinctually what it's taught. Um, you know, from the time that they're, they're kids, this is all relearned in the big leagues. Now, well, it's learned in the system now. That is perfectly stated. That's what I was trying to say. It's not ingrained like the other things that we're used to when we were growing up and playing Legion and Little League and AAU and that kind of baseball. Yeah, like breathing or drinking water. Yeah, it's totally. Um, it was very interesting on Wednesday to see Dusty Baker start Aledmus Diaz in right field against the Yankees. In fact, I haven't really seen Dusty get, for lack of a better phrase, snippy with reporters, but he was asked about this move and putting Kyle Tucker on the bench. And Dusty was basically like, are we going to do this all the time? In the sense that, are you going to question every one of my moves? And the reporter, Chandler Rome, credit, he basically said, listen, this is a Ledmus Diaz's first game in the big leagues in right field. And Kyle Tucker is a guy that you've been counting on for production. And he's out of there and Diaz is in there. So, yes, this is newsworthy. 
and it was the right way to um, the right right way to answer, I guess, a rhetorical question from Dusty. I see a lot of this on Twitter about Kyle Tucker. His barrel rate is, I mean, he's just he's just unlucky. He's hitting the ball harder than so many other people in baseball. It's just he's a victim of bad luck. I see you're shaking your head, so I'll let you I'll let you take it from here, Jeremy. At some point, you got to get a hit. I don't care what I don't care what your barrel speed is or your, your core efficiency or when you enter the zone. And I'm not trying to mock those measurements because, man, some of that stuff we, we use. Like, I really believe in some of it. Some of that stuff, I, I don't care what your barrel – I don't care what your barrel speed is. I care if you can hit. Okay? Here's, here's an age-old question that has been asked in the scouting community. All right? And if you've never played or done this, you don't at any, you know, at, at this type of level, it's going to be hard until somebody tells you, right? What would you take, bat speed, or would you take hand strength if you had to pick one? Bat speed or hand strength? What you? What, what's your guess? I'm afraid to guess wrong. I would say hand strength, but hand strength. Now, why would you take hand strength? I'm not going to tell you what the answer is yet. Why would you take hand strength? Because I think hand strength allows you to adapt to any type of pitch that perhaps is being thrown maybe it's something that you can't drive but you go the other way with it that i mean that's the crude um way of assessing it or describing it but am i along the right path you're correcting the answer for my as far as i'm concerned and here's why you have to have a certain level of bat speed to hit anyway you can't have what we call molasses but yeah you have to have a certain level of bat speed to hit anyway but if i have to pick one between the two with all things being equal, I am picking hand strength. If I'm if I have hand strength and I'm early, I'm out in front. I got some strength to get the ball over the infield, right? If I am late, I have some, some strength to muscle the ball into the gap. I have things I can do because of physicality and strength and hands and wrists that if I just have bat speed, I can't do because I have my timing has to be perfect. All right. So we're so obsessed with bat speed because we're so obsessed obsessed with velocity. That's why everybody's throwing hard. Well, they're only throwing really two, about two miles an hour harder, 1.7 harder than before, but we're so obsessed with that. So we got to be obsessed with that speed. I don't care what your barrel speed is. I care if you can hit. I care if you can hit. At some point, you got to get a knock. So Kyle Tucker can be the guy that pops up all the time and hits that great exit velocities. He can be the guy that swings and misses at balls at the top of the zone. He can be the chase monster machine of all time. At the end of the day, I don't care how many balls you hit hard. At some point, you got to get a hit. And if they're playing you all on the right side of the field and you can't make the adjustment to go the other way, you ought to be embarrassed. Stand inside the ball, go the other side, drop one down, do something to get yourself to first base so you can remember what it feels like. Until then, I don't want to hear anything about barrel speed and pop-up hang time and core strength. I don't care. Get a hit. I did, send, I did send you a tweet from somebody responding to all this. And it was like, we could have had DeGrom. Instead, we have Sid from Ice Age breaking records and exit velo ball hit into outs. That's right. That's right. That's what we got. Could have had Jacob DeGrom, but no, nah, we're going to hold on to that guy. That's, that's a good non-move. Let's do that. Makes sense. Speaking of timing, uh, we are out of time. No scouting report this week, but we will have one next week. So for Jeremy, I'm Jason. Thanks for listening. And of course, subscribe, like, do whatever you want because you've been listening to Extra Bases.